Okay, recording. Good, yes. So, what book of the Bible are we talking about this term? Acts. Acts, correct. Um, so, good. I uh, just want to recap where we have been and where we are going, because we're halfway through. So, the book of Acts opens with Jesus' like, last conversation with his disciples while he's physically on earth. And he says to them in Acts 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And one way you can look at the book of Acts is it's the, the whole rest of the book is about Jesus fulfilling this promise. Um, so, in chapters 1 to 7, we see the promise being fulfilled in terms of this first part. We see that the disciples receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, um, and they're enabled to be witnesses. And you see it being fulfilled in regards to Jerusalem. I have a map because I'm me, and also because maps are helpful. So Jerusalem is here. This is Israel. That's an ocean. The Mediterranean, <laughs> apparently. I'm good with sea. Um, so Jerusalem is here. That's the capital city. Um, it is the place where Jesus died, where he was resurrected, where the early church was born. Uh, so in the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, we have heard stories about the gospel being spread in Jerusalem. Uh, and then at the end of chapter 7, this guy called Stephen is stoned to death for what he says about Jesus, what he believes about Jesus. Uh, and as a result, the church is scattered across this whole region. Um, these places called Judea and Samaria. Um, so at one time, this was all just kind of called Israel. So if you read your Old Testament, you will hear, read about this nation called Israel. It's talking about this chunk of land. Um, yeah, and it, at one point it splits into the northern kingdom, which keeps the name Israel, and the southern kingdom, which becomes known as Judah. Um, and then throughout the centuries and after several invasions and occupations and things, you end up with these places called Samaria and Judea. So that's kind of where they come from. Uh, so chapters 8 to 12, we hear about kind of the, the Judea and Samaria part of what Jesus said to his disciples. Um, so then the rest of the book, chapters 13 to 28, are going to talk about the ends of the earth. And that's kind of where we're still living. Like, we are seeing the gospel going to the ends of the earth. Um, so in Acts, we hear about uh, Paul, this guy Paul, uh, and some of his buddies and co-workers traveling around the Roman Empire. Uh, and they're sharing the gospel and planting churches. Uh, so the purple arrow and the orange arrow and the green arrow are Paul's three missionary journeys. Um, and you can read about those. And then in the last eight chapters, Paul is arrested and he's eventually taken to Rome itself. That's what the red arrows, that shows his journey there. Um, so he spends a long time in house arrest in Rome, under house arrest in Rome. Uh, but he's still able to share the gospel and even like host church meetings in his house. So that's pretty cool. So uh, today we're going to focus on a story in chapter 13 about Paul. But who is this guy, I hear you ask, because we haven't actually talked about him. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate your support. Um, so Paul to it in the Brick Bible. I thought that was God in the Brick Bible when I read it. I no, like, God. <laughs> God, it turns out, is like just white robes and white hair, and uh, he floats a lot in the creation bits. Float a lot. I was so confused. Now you know. Now you know. Why is God killing him? Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. This is Paul. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So, um, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't actually read or like talked to you guys about anything to do with Paul yet, I think. Um, but he has come up before chapter 13 in Acts. He starts off being called Saul, and then he gets his name changed to Paul. Um, so just so you know who he is, he is a Jew. He's born in a place called Tarsus in Cilicia. 
which Ooh. might be on the last map, but I'm not going to go back and check because me and technology with the Prezies doesn't end well. Um, so, born in this place called Tarsus, but he is brought up in Jerusalem under the tutelage. He is a student of this guy called Gamaliel. Gamaliel? Gam, 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 who is a, res we don't, it doesn't matter. He's a respected Jewish teacher, however you pronounce his name. Uh, everybody loves him, he's a big deal. Um, and Paul is one of his students. Uh, so Paul is a Pharisee, which is like uh, this kind of the strictest sect of Judaism, if you think about it that way. So uh, there's, as a Jew, there's the law that God has given that you need to follow. You can read about that in Leviticus. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> great book. Um, yeah, so you've got all this law that God has given you, but what some groups of people doing, the Pharisees included, would they would like add laws onto it, so like kind of extra laws to help you keep the ones that God has said, or like just kind of additional things. So it's like there's masses and masses of laws that are just finite detail about everything to do with life, everywhere that you live. Um, so Paul's a Pharisee, he's one of these guys, and he's really, really passionate about the law. He really loves the law. Javert. What? Javert. What? Really, really passionate about the Is law. this a Les Mis reference? Still haven't read it, still haven't seen it, still very happy about that. We're not going to talk about that anymore. So, exciting! Um, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. So, Paul, uh, who's not French, he hears about this <laughs> Jesus movement that has started to arise in Jerusalem, and he's like not on board. So, he sets out to crush it. Um, he says in Acts 22 that he persecuted this way. Um, so Christianity originally was called The Way, which I think is really cool, and I wish it was still called The, the way. way, like, I follow The Way. Do you know The Way? Paul persecuted this way, he says, to death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. So that guy Stephen, who we talked about, he was actually at Stephen's stoning, thinking, great job guys, I'm just going to hold your coats, because apparently somebody needs to, but great job throwing the stones, killing the Jesus follower, yes, more of that, they should die. Um, he really hates them, hates Christians. Uh, so one day he sets off to this city called Damascus because uh, he's got some authority. Damascus, Absolutely. not in real life, but in a Catholic school. Oh, yes. So he sets off to the city <laughs> called Damascus. <laughs> exactly, because um, he's got he's got some authority from the Jewish leaders to imprison um, the, any Christians that he finds there and bring them back to Jerusalem to stand trial. So he's on the way to Damascus, but on the way. Jesus meets him. And Paul's whole life is flipped inside out. I think I put, yes, right. So this is, um, he's called Saul still at this point. So he's like, this is him meeting Jesus. It's a whole big thing. I won't go into it. Um, but in the end, he realizes that Jesus is the son of God. And he starts following. He starts following Jesus. So this guy goes from killing Christians to being one of them. Um, he goes, yeah, he's, he's been imprisoning them and executing them, and now he becomes this incredible evangelist who risks his own life over and over and over again just to tell more people about Jesus. Um, and he is the guy who's written most of your New Testament. So, so yeah, cool. God ain't ever finished with nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's Paul. That's how Paul gets drawn into God's big story of redemption. Um, so I just want to talk about, like, the... The, the bigger story of redemption for a bit. Um, so, in groups of two or three, um, I'm just going to give you a minute to discuss this question. How do you explain the gospel? So if I'm your friend, because you're super, super lucky, um, and I'm your friend, and I come up to you, and I'm like, okay, so tell me 
about all this Jesus stuff that you believe in. How do you respond to that? How how would you respond to that? How would you answer that question? Discuss. And I'm going to ask you to feedback. So we're going to talk about it. I'll be your friend. Your poor lonely boy. Talk to him. You'll be. Sounds God. Do we get anywhere? Would anybody like to share with us how they would answer this question or something they discussed in a very short time ago? and then I'm going to try and tie some of these threads together. Um, so the way that we're going to do this, because I've been so inspired by the creative expression of the Bible that I've been able to witness at the beginning of these sessions when I've been down the end reading with you guys, and there has just been some like interpretive dance, yeah. some immersive theatre. It's been magical. And I would like all of us to experience that together. So I have a selection of names that are going to come up in our reading. If you would like to help me act this out, please come up here and pick the So when your character comes up, um, please act appropriately. It might be good of you to stand in the centre of the circle uh, so that we know what's going on. You may need to vacate the centre of the circle quite quickly because we're going to move at quite a pace. Are we all ready? I am. We are so ready. Sean is asleep. Sean is playing Samuel, who um, his best known story is him being asleep. So push that works. Right. So. So, to give you some context very briefly, um, so Paul and his buddy Barnabas, they're on one of their journeys, um, and they come to a place called Antioch in Pisidia. Um, and what Paul generally does when he goes to a new place is he'll start in the synagogue, which is like 
think of it as the Jewish version of a church building, like the place where they have their meetings. Um, so he starts there because he wants to tell the Jews the gospel first, and then he'll go and talk to the Gentiles. So he's in the synagogue with Barnabas, and they're listening to the stuff being read, having a great time. Um, right. Who's on the Sabbath day. Who's <coughs> called? Ashley. Me. Because oh, it's oh, difficult talking oh. for most of this, so I'm just going to be narrator and Paul. Narrator and Paul. Paul's the narrator. I'll look the same. Pilot. Oh, Whatever role I'm playing, but don't be deceived. Hey, right. right. Are you ready? You will need to listen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. After the law of Moses and the writings of the prophets were read, the Old Testament, um, the leaders of the synagogue sent a message to Paul and Barnabas. Brothers, if you have any message that will encourage the people, please speak. So Paul stood up, raised his hand, and said, You Israelites! Who's the Israelites? And you who worship God. Your God! Oh, Israel! Oh, no. Please listen. Yes, the God of the Israelites chose our ancestors, the people of Israel. He made the people great during the time they lived in Egypt, and he brought them out of their country with great power. This makes me slightly uncomfortable. And he was patient with them for 40 years in the desert. God destroyed seven nations. Uh, the news about this salvation has been sent to us 
Those who live in Jerusalem and their leaders. Isaac. And, and their, their leaders. Yeah. And their did leaders. not realize that Jesus was their savior. Ah, and your savior. <laughs> they did not understand <laughs> the words that the prophets wrote, which are read every Sabbath morning. <laughs> but they made them come true when they said Jesus was guilty. You're I am not guilty! You're not. Wait, no, you're Isaac, God. you think she is? You, you think I'm guilty? God. You think you're she's guilty? You're you're guilty. guilty. You're oh, guilty. yes, you are. Oh, <laughs> you are. You think you're guilty, but you have you to die. You think I'm guilty? Last have to die! But well, not quite yet. Not quite yet. They could not find any reason. I died, but not just yet. You couldn't find any reason. Yeah, quite better than this. Question why? Any real reason for Jesus to be put to death, but they asked Pilate, wherever Pilate is, to have him, <laughs> to have him killed. Hey, no, that's my son. When they had done to him all the scriptures that said, they took him hey, down. Hey, it's Auntie Billy. They took him down from the cross. Is that? I'm dead. Yeah, I'm alive. Been taken down from the cross. Been taken down from the cross. And laid them, laid them in a tomb, which <laughs> looks like it's been happening. But God raised him up from the dead. Jesus. 
The law of Moses couldn't free you from your sins, but through Jesus, everyone who believes is free from all sins. Be careful. Don't know what the prophet said happened to you. So now he's quoting a guy called Habakkuk, who is great and has his own book in the Old Testament. Habakkuk says, look at the nations, watch them and be amazed and shocked. And we'll do something in your lifetime that you won't believe even when you're told about it. While Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people asked them to tell them more about these things on the next Sabbath. <coughs> when the meeting was over, many Jews and those who changed to the Jewish, Jewish religion and who worshipped God followed Paul and Barnabas from that place. Paul and Barnabas were, persuaded, were persuading them to continue trusting in God's grace. On the next Sabbath day, almost everyone in the city came to hear the word of the Lord. Seeing the crowd, the Jewish people became very jealous and said insulting things and argued against what Paul said. But Paul and Barnabas spoke very boldly, saying, We must speak the message of God to you first, but you refuse to listen. You're judging yourselves not worthy of having eternal life. So we will go now to the people of other nations. Stop. This is what the Lord told us to do, saying, I've made you a light for the nations. You will show people all over the world the way to be saved. When those who weren't Jewish heard Paul say this, they were happy and they gave honour to the message of the Lord. And the people who were chosen to have life forever believed the message. So the message of the Lord was spreading through the whole country. All right. So. Right. So we tend to look at the gospel very individualistically. Um, So by that I mean we tend to talk about like our own testimonies, for example, or our own stories, our own faith. Um, It's... The, the, the way that we explain the gospel often can be, well, this is what Jesus has done in my life, or, well, Jesus has saved me. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like, if someone asks you about Jesus, do tell them what he's done in your life. Like, that is a story worth sharing. You should shout that from the rooftops if you can. Um, but there is a bigger perspective, and I think we can just often miss that, and I think it's really important not to. Um, we can so easily fail to see that God's story... <coughs> isn't about us. Thank you for sharing. So we can fail to see that God's story isn't about us. Uh, we, we fail to see that we are just one small part of God's big redemption story that began in Genesis, uh, sorry, yeah, big redemption story that began in Genesis 3 and continues right through to the end of Revelation, the end of time. Um, and I think that we can see something of that bigger story in two ways in this passage that we've just read. I have no idea what slide is next, so this could get interesting. I won't press it yet. We'll find out. Oh, no, I will. Okay. So, um, the first chunk, which we acted out, Paul told the gospel starting with Exodus. He doesn't start with Jesus. He starts with, like, way, way, way back. Like, he starts way, way back, right at the beginning of Israel's history. Um, so he takes, oh, hang on, I know what's next. Right, this is Moses being a lad and expressing how big he thinks God's story actually is. Um, so, Paul tells the gospel, he starts with Exodus, he starts way back with Moses. Uh, so he takes this story that the Jews already know, um, and he shows them it's even bigger than they thought. The whole thing, every single person, every single life that's been lived has been leading to Jesus. Isaac. Um, So this story is bigger than they thought. Everything has been leading to Jesus. And now they're invited to be a part of the next chapter of this story. 
So it's not that Jesus decided to come and die one day on a whim. It's that it's been planned from the very beginning. And it's what the entire Old Testament is about. Any story that you read in the Old Testament, Jesus is in it. Like, it's... The, I still am shocked by this when I read the Old Testament. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I never even saw that before somehow. But that's like, that's a prophecy about Jesus. Or that's a picture of what Jesus is going to be like. Like, the whole Old Testament is all about Jesus. It's all been pointing to him. Uh, so what's happening in the lives of the people here who believe what Paul is saying and what's happening in our lives is just a part of something bigger that has been unfolding the whole way through human history. Uh, so it's, it's, just, it's not about us. The gospel is not Jesus saves me. The gospel is the most epic story ever told. It spans the entirety of human history and it's what every moment of every life ever lived has been leading up to. It is just, it's so much bigger than you or me. And Paul got that, and I think that's partly why, that when he explains the gospel in this particular case, he uses the whole Old Testament to show Jesus. And then the second chunk that I just read, which is like um, talking about how the non-Jews, the Gentiles, are, get, are getting saved and they're getting included in this. Um, and I think you just see in that that God's family is not exclusive. So it's not, it's not about bloodlines or birthplaces and it's not about culture and it's not about race god's big redemption story is bigger than our human divisions it's bigger than the groups that we decide to sort ourselves into um god's story is a bigger story than our little church or our little youth group it's about the whole of the human race every tribe and every nation and every class and every race and every age group and every fandom like everyone so the the bigger story the, the gospel, the Bible, these things that we believe, it's not about Jesus saving me, it's about the whole human race, the whole sweep of human history. It's a story running from first creation all the way through to new creation, and we get to be a part of it. We get to have a role, we get to be valuable and significant and irreplaceable, but even so, it's not about us, and it never has been. We're not the focus, we're not the reason, we are not the ultimate good, we're not the pinnacle, we're not the main character. This story is all about him. And it's about his faithful, redeeming love for his one people, his one family, the church. So, why do, we, why do we need to care about this? Why do we need to see this bigger story? I think for two reasons. Um, firstly, because when we grasp this, we gain a right perspective about ourselves. It's, it's really humbling when you see the big masterpiece of history that God's weaving and how our lives are just like a single thread in it. But even so, he's using that one thread in such a beautiful way. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and it, it says so much about our value and so much about our worth, but at the same time, it kills all of our pride and our selfishness because we can see it's not actually all about us. Uh, so when we see this bigger story and we start to understand our place in it and our part of it, we stop thinking of ourselves as the most important thing in all creation or acting like the world revolves around us. And secondly, I think we need to see this because we then gain a right perspective about each other which is just crucial. So it's so easy to get annoyed or offended <coughs> with other people in the church. Like we're just, we're human beings and we're messy and it's just easy to do. And the only reason that we associate with a lot of people in church, the only thing we have in common is that we both love Jesus. So there are just so many people that are gonna irritate you and rub you up the wrong way. And like, that, that's just part of what church is. And it's so easy to get annoyed and get offended by that. Um, or to like form our own little groups of people who are like us and just stick with them and just talk to them. We want to keep ourselves divided. We want to keep ourselves sorted into these groups 
uh, based on things that we decide matter. And we can find it really easy to look down on people who are different or think that they don't belong in our community. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't, like, we don't want them around or we don't think that they deserve to be around. But God's, God's redemption, God's story, his love, his plans, they don't fit into our opinions about what other people deserve or where they belong. And when we see his bigger story, that it's not about me, it's about a whole community, it's about a whole family, a whole people that God is saving that we get to be a part of, that changes then how we deal with each other. And it changes the kind of sacrifices that we're willing to make uh, for the sake of this community and for its overall health and its overall unity. So, random story time. I, um, I went to a Churches Together meeting the other day. Um, like they, they have council meetings like six times a year or something and I went along to talk about youth work. Um, and it's just like, it was so cool being in a room full of people who just really love church and they really love Jesus and like they're there representing their own churches as a part of this churches together thing because they can see that it's not just about their one congregation or it's not just about even them as an individual. Like church is so much bigger and they, they get it and it's beautiful, it's really cool and I love it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a room full of people that, that shouldn't get on, that shouldn't even like each other, frankly, but just, there's so much unity there, and it's just really amazing to see what God can do when people will just accept his perspective. Um, and I think that it, yeah, we just, we need to do that. We need to see it, because it changes how we live and how we treat one another. So, last bit. Um, how do we then see this bigger story? So, Right, I'll take you through my thought process. I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, how, how, can we, how can we understand more of what this bigger story is? How can we find out what our place in it is? Like, what, what point we're at in it and all that kind of thing. And I was like, well, we need to read the Bible because that tells us the, the story. And so that's a good place to start. And I suppose we need to hang out with other people who follow Jesus, like be a part of a community there because they, they show us more of what that means. And it's really hard to be selfish when the point of your community is loving one another. Um, and it just, it helps you to ground things and to actually live these truths out. And then I went, hang on a second, this sounds a lot like our theme for the term, because we've got words and we've got community. And my next thought was going to be, really, we need the Holy Spirit to be filling us because we need to, we need him to change our hearts in the end. And I'm telling you that that was my thought process because I, like, my answer is we need to be rooted in these things. But it's not that I'm trying to force the term theme on you or like, make everything segue towards it because we decided this was a good idea. Like this whole rooted thing and these three things that we're saying we should be rooted in, that's completely come from God. That's something God has said to us. And I feel like, again, just with the way I went, I sat back and went, oh, he's just said the same thing again with this. Like, it's just, it feels like it's something he's trying to hammer home. Like we need to be rooted in word and in spirit and in community. That's kind of where everything else comes from. Um, so that's not me just badgering on about something. I truly believe that is what God wants to say. Um, so, I'm going to shut up. We have like three minutes. Is there anything anybody wants to question or discuss or whatever? Huh? It's just really nice to hear. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Can you print out all that paper just for that little extra? Yeah. I didn't print out my talk to say. Oh yeah, have you seen the thing that like teachers and something and everybody's like Mister Mister Mr. Mr. Cool. All right, I'm gonna pray for us and then we will close. All right. No. Yes.
God, thank you that you have always had a plan, that you have always been writing this one amazing story, that you've never been uh, flummoxed by anything. Nothing's ever come up that you've, in a good way, nothing's ever come up that you don't know what to do or you weren't expecting. There are no plot twists to you. You know what's going to happen. You are the perfect author. Thank you for grafting us in, for making us as a part of your story. Thank you that each of our lives you are weaving into something bigger, that we are significant because of this bigger thing that you're letting us be a part of. Thank you for how beautiful that is. And I pray that you would help us to see it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us be humble, help us to humble ourselves before you have to do it for us, because that's a lot less painful. Mm-hmm. And help us to see that we are, yeah, that we are a part of something bigger, that we're a part of your story, that it's about you, it's not about us. Help us to just shift our perspectives on this. And I pray that you just practically help us to learn more about this story, that when we read your word and we're trying to learn more about it, that it would make sense to us, that things would go in, that we would know who we can go to with questions, that you would help us find resources like books and podcasts and whatever that would just help us to understand the, this bigger story. Thank you that you care about the detail, that you love to help us even in things like that. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us again, <coughs> that you'd be with us this week, Help us to live as community. Help us to live as people who follow you and who love you. Amen. Amen. You are released. Um, thank you for coming. We love you.